Is it possible to maintain strong, dense bones without eating a whole lot of dairy? Not only is it possible, a plant-based diet is exactly what you would want to be doing because it gives you calcium in the healthiest possible form without all the bad stuff. But Chuck, this is really an important question because if you have unhealthy bones, what's gonna happen? Hip fractures often just lead to downhill spiraling of health. Wrist fractures, spinal fractures, all of these things, these are things you don't want. So what are the best plant sources that people should be turning to? Well, you know, that, that's exactly it. People think of cow's milk as the source of calcium. Cows don't make calcium. Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us coast to coast in the U.S. and in more than 150 countries. Hi to everyone listening in Malibu, California, Schaumburg, Illinois, right outside of Chicago, and Fredericksburg, Denmark. Wherever you are, we appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode 30 of season 6, number 426 overall. Brittle bones. My friends, you are going to have them if you don't drink your milk. Or at least that's what we're told growing up. Is it true though? Is it true? Some reports suggest that people eating a vegan or plant-forward diet are in fact more prone to fractures. They simply have weaker bones. Other studies, though, say, well, wait a minute, not so fast. That just is not so. In fact, a vegan's bones are just as strong as anyone else's. So what's the truth? Well, Dr. Neil Barnard is here to connect all the dots for us, as well as the shin bone to the ankle bone today on the exam room live. So here is what is on tap. We have five powerhouse plant foods that are packed with calcium. So what are those five that should be in your fridge? We're going to find out. Plus, who should be taking a calcium supplement? And how much calcium do we need anyway? And what about vitamin D? And what about those studies that show vegan bones are brittle bones? What is really missing from that analysis? An interesting conversation there. Plus, how does one strengthen a bone anyway? How does that work? How does resistance training and exercise actually cause your bones to toughen up? Well, we're going to find out. And also, also do not forget, this is the day. The day that this episode is released is a huge day for the show. March 30th, 2023. It is our first ever exam room live and in person. Out in LA at the eBell. So if you are in LA, you've heard me talk about this for a very long time now. If you're in LA, come on out to the eBell tonight pcrm.org slash events. There are still a few general admission tickets available. The show begins promptly at eight o'clock. Would love for you to join Dr. Barnard and myself, as well as doctors Christy Funk and Columbus Batiste. Of course, Samantha Harris from Dancing with the Stars will be there, as will Tony Okamoto, 
oh my goodness, does she ever have that great plant-based on a budget, quick and easy cookbook. Plus, of course, Harley Quinn Smith. Famed daughter, famed musician, phenomenal actress. She's going to be there as well. Hopefully you will be too. PCRM.org slash events is the place to go. Or just click the link right now for tickets in the episode notes. Today's episode of The Exam Room Live is powered by the Gregory J. Ryder Memorial Fund. The Gregory J. Ryder Memorial Fund supports organizations like the Physicians Committee that carry on Greg's love for animals by promoting plant-based health and working to end animal abuse while emphasizing programs that promote systemic change and also benefit people. You can visit them online right now at GregoryRyderFund.org. That's Gregory Ryder, R-E-I-T-E-R, Fund.org. Time now to get to them bones, keeping them healthy and strong as we get older. Bone density and diet is the topic of the day with Dr. Neil Barnard on The Exam Room Live. Dr. Barnard, thanks for being here, my friend. Great to see you, Chuck. I'm really happy to be talking about this because I have an 87-year-old father-in-law downstairs at home who is very much skeptical of eating a plant-based diet, says he doesn't want brittle bones. Is it possible to maintain optimal bone health, strong, dense bones without eating a whole lot of dairy? Not only is it possible, it's a plant-based diet is exactly what you would want to be doing because it gives you calcium in the healthiest possible form without all the bad stuff. But Chuck, this is really an important question because if you have unhealthy bones, what's gonna happen? Hip fractures often just lead to downhill spiraling of health because you're immobile and it leads to one thing and another. Wrist fractures, uh, spinal fractures, all of these things, these are things you don't want. So absolutely, there's a lot you can do with a plant-based diet. True story. Uh, he actually fell and broke his arm, unfortunately, a few weeks ago. Um, so th this really is kind of a timely conversation that we're having. So I'm, I'm really glad to have it. Um, let's talk about, though, if somebody is interested in maintaining that plant-based diet or getting started on it, no matter what the age. Um, we, we've talked in the past about getting calcium from plants is kind of like cutting out the middleman. Right. So what are the best plant sources that people should be turning to? Well, you know, that, that's exactly it. People think of cow's milk as the source of calcium. Cows don't make calcium. Cows eat calcium in the form of grass, comes from the earth, gets into the green leafy grass, and then it gets into their body. So we're not eating grass. Um, however, when we go to the grocery store, what do you see? You look all around, the green vegetables have to come tops. So broccoli, very, very uh, popular vegetable. Everybody loves it. Um, but broccoli is not only has calcium, but it's a highly absorbable form of calcium. Uh, Brussels sprouts, same story. Do, you, do we think of this as absorbable? Well, maybe milk is more absorbable. Uh -uh, let me give you some numbers. If you take a glass of milk and think, how much of that calcium actually gets into your body as opposed to just going through your body and going out with the waste? The answer is 32%. Mm. So in, in cow's milk, out of every 100 grams of, of calcium that you're gonna consume, only 32 of them ever get into your body. Brussels sprouts, double that, wow. 64%. Uh, Do we know why that is? Uh, for whatever reason, dairy, dairy has a lot of calcium in it, 
but most of that calcium, more than 60%, does not ever get into your body. So for whatever reason, the type of calcium is just poorly absorbed. Green leafy vegetables, they vary, uh, but virtually all of them in that category, broccoli, kale, collards, Brussels sprouts, so those are top four foods, um, really should be in your routine because their calcium absorption really high. Couple exceptions though. Spinach, delicious vegetable. Uh, Swiss chard, delicious, but pretty, and they have a lot of calcium, but their calcium absorption is really low too. So that brings me to another interesting question, and that is, well, is there anything nutrient-wise that we could add to the spinach, to the chard, to make their calcium a little bit more absorbable? For example, I think if you add maybe vitamin C to some other vegetables, you can absorb the iron a little bit better? Uh, yeah, that's the squirt of lemon juice that people are often using. Uh, what I would really do is, is I, you shouldn't exclude spinach and chard because they're healthy vegetables. I just wouldn't count on them for calcium because you've got so many choices of foods that have a lot of calcium, you're not gonna be calcium deficient if these foods are front and center. Let's just list them. Broccoli, yep. kale, yeah. collards, Brussels sprouts, but let me say a word for beans. The forgotten bean. You know, <laughs> our grandparents knew about beans, but somewhere along the generations, everybody thought, you know, that's, that's not for me, that's poor people's food or something. I mean, come on, let's bring these healthy, humble beans back into our diet. I don't care if it's black beans, Pinto beans, soybeans, navy beans, black-eyed peas, those are good, healthy foods for everybody. And we ought to really bring them back because they got a lot of calcium in them. Great point, I love beans. Particularly fond of the garbanzo bean. Huge fan of hummus, I think a lot of us are. Is there gonna be calcium in that? Absolutely, you know, the garbanzo bean is, you know, you know every, every country kind of has its own favorite bean. And garbanzos you think of as being in Italy and Southern Europe in general, and they're great for hummus. You know, hummus is a, a breakfast food in much of the Middle East. Is it really? It is, that's where it really started. But now it's kind of our lunch or our appetizer, whatever. Uh, but garbanzos can go on your salad. Uh, you can frankly just take a can of garbanzos and just add them as a side dish for anything. So yes, garbanzos, they count. Well, see, now you got me thinking about like some hummus on toast for breakfast. I'm fired up. Cause now you've opened hummus up to that third meal. I didn't know that this was possible yet. Beans in general are part of breakfast for so many cultures, kind of forgotten, you know, here in Washington, D.C. for whatever reason. But if you got on a plane, went to London, you could go into any breakfast buffet and they've got a big vat of baked beans that go right on your breakfast plate. And if you were spring breaking in Cancun, this is for a lot of young people, their introduction to beans for breakfast. It's black beans with a little pico de gallo. Um, and, and hummus is, as I mentioned, a breakfast food if you're from Syria or other places in the in the Middle East. That's how it started. That makes this a good day, my friends. That makes this a very good day. Uh, all right, so we got our five there. What about somebody who says, well, I'm a little bit concerned about coming up short. When should somebody start looking at perhaps taking a supplement to make sure that they're getting what they need? When your doctor says you need it. Um, supplementation, in my view, really is part of a program for dealing with osteopenia or osteoporosis. The doctor says, I'm putting you on medication, we're using calcium. That's a pretty serious discussion. Your average person, if you look at the research studies, what you see is once a person is getting about 700 milligrams of calcium per day, you don't really see much benefit for the bones of going higher. So getting to 700 is pretty easy. But and if you're not eating your greens for calcium, if you're, if you're neglecting your beans and you're not getting calcium, 
you're just not getting good nutrition. So let's bring those foods in, put them front and center. Wouldn't it be fair though to have this conversation without also asking about the studies that have been shown that uh, people who eat a plant-based diet perhaps are at a higher risk for having fractures as they get older. What's your response to that? Well, you know, in our studies, we bring people in and we'll randomly assign them to a vegan diet versus an omnivorous diet or whatever. And I gotta tell you, Chuck, we find that both groups, at least at the beginning of the study, they tend to run low in calcium, no, no matter which group they're in, unless they're planning uh, for how to bring in the calcium. And people can cheerlead for dairy all they want to. People really are not drinking milk and don't particularly want to. Um, and so the dairy industry is trying to push them back into it. If they do, we've already talked about the fact that only about a third of that calcium gets in your body anyway. So regardless of your diet, you've gotta be thinking about the greens and the beans because they bring you nutrition that's just not there in that glass of milk. Is there a risk of ever overdoing it with calcium? Can that be uh, like too much of a good thing is yeah. not a good thing? Absolutely. Um, you go to the store and you get calcium pills and you think, this is gonna be good for me. This will get into my bones. Where it might get is into your kidneys. Um, Researchers at Harvard found that calcium supplementation is particularly risky if you're taking it on an empty stomach. For some reason, when people would take it with foods, somehow the calcium absorption was moderated a little bit. Uh, but if, if they were taking it on an empty stomach, it went through the body, into the kidneys, and led to kidney stones. A lot of that is tied also with vitamin D. Does vitamin D, well, what role does that play, if any, in bone health? You're eating your green leafy vegetables, the, the calcium is going down your digestive tract. Vitamin D, which comes from the sunlight on your skin, the vitamin D pulls the calcium out of your digestive tract into your blood. That's its whole job. It helps you absorb it. So you do need vitamin D. You need it from the sun. But if you're not in the sun, a supplement will do you. And most doctors would say about 2,000 international units per day. All right, uh, before we open up the doctor's mailbag, let's uh, talk just briefly about what we have coming up in LA. Uh, tomorrow, uh, if we release this show here, uh, March 30th, the eBell out in Los Angeles, you and I are gonna be live on stage for the first time ever doing the exam room in front of a live crowd. I could not be more excited for this. It is gonna be so exciting. It's gonna be you, me, we've got wonderful guests. We're gonna have fun. And I, I gotta tell you, I am ready to, <laughs> to be with our LA friends again. Oh, me too. And, and Dr. Christy Funk, you talk about the guest. Dr. Christy Funk is going to be there. Dr. Columbus Batiste, he will be there. Samantha Harris, host of Dancing with the Stars, she's going to be joining us that night. Tony Okamoto, plant-based on a budget. So taking that whole idea that eating a healthy plant-based diet means it's going to take up your whole paycheck, she crumples that up and throws it right in the wastebasket. She's going to be with us, showing us how to do it quick, easy, and on the cheap. Plus, Harley Quinn Smith, phenomenal actress and musician. I mean, that's an all-star lineup of health right there. It is, we're gonna have a good crowd, but I think we can still accommodate a few more people, tell me. There's always room, okay. there's always room. So pcrm.org slash events is the website to visit right now to get your tickets or click the link in the episode notes. So pcrm.org slash events or right down there in the episode notes will get you your tickets. So uh, VIP tickets, by the way. I mean, we've got dinner beforehand. It's not just the show, it's dinner and a show, 6.30. Uh, talking about uh, recipes inspired by Tony Okamoto, her latest book. So we're going to be serving those for dinner. Um, and then the show starts at 8. But you also get with the VIP tickets, exclusive meet and greets, photo opportunities, a great time. But if you can't make dinner, no problem. Just come on for the show at 8. Can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. Um, let's open up the doctor's mailbag. You ready? You bet. All right. This one, this, uh, this one comes to us from somebody who is watching on YouTube. 
This is from actually the last show that we did together. They want to know, what is the best type of calcium for bones as a senior? And should we take anything else in the supplement, such as K2, K7, or magnesium? We talked a little bit about supplementation. Okay. This is getting a little bit more specific. Yeah, it is. Um, well, l- let's go back to the basics because that's really where, where it's at. You do need calcium. And we've, we've talked about greens like Brussels sprouts, kale, collards, broccoli, that kind of stuff. Beans, great. You do need vitamin D from the sun or supplements. You need exercise. That gives your bones a reason to live. Um, you need to, to be sure you're strengthening your wrist bones, little push-ups, sit-ups, you know, just, and even regular walking bounces your bones and muscles around enough that it'll, it'll stress them a little bit and strengthen them too. But what about other things? I would not supplement calcium unless your doctor says you should. And I would not supplement vitamin K either. Um, it's true there are different forms, but you are just not going to see a person who's eating a lot of greens and ends up vitamin K deficient. The, 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 the greens bring it to you. They bring a lot of it to you. And your healthy gut microbiome will convert it from one form to another, giving you the vitamin K that you need. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I was like, I think it would be really difficult on a plant-based diet, especially if you are eating those greens, to come up a little bit short in that arena. No. Um, I know that people who are on uh, Warfin have to be especially careful with the amount of greens that they're eating. They're getting too reason. much, yeah. yeah. Although even them, you know, they, they should not shy away from greens. What they should, the, the old approach, the kind of 1980s idea was, wait a minute, you're on this drug, you don't want to be getting too much vitamin K, so don't eat vegetables. And, and the patients would say to the doctor, but, but that's the healthy food. Can't I have that? What we now know is that as long as the amount of vegetables you eat is kind of the same from day to day, you're getting a lot of it, your doctor can test you and can get you on the warfarin dose that you need. You're going to be fine. How is it, uh, here's an interesting one, uh, how is it that uh, exercise resistance training can actually strengthen the bones? What's happening there? Because a bone isn't exactly a muscle. The muscle you get, you work it out, the muscle gets bigger. How does the bone get stronger when it gets stressed? Okay, well, the, the muscle is attached. It goes through what we call the insertion into the, the bones, and the bone is, it, it's got an architecture, and it is under stress, too, and it responds to it. You take a tennis player. And you measure, let's say their dominant arm is their right arm. That's the one they're, they're swinging with. If you measure the bone density of their right arm, it is, it is significantly stronger than their left arm. So they got the same genetics in both arms, you know, and every, the same foods go to both arms, but that recurrent stress strengthens those bones. Interesting. That sounds like that could have come in, uh, come straight from Dr. Kim Williams right there with the tennis <laughs> reference. There you go. Uh, let's take a question here from Blues. I uh, want to go back to oil. We talk about that frequently on the show as well. Uh, they write, I heard that corn oil is the healthiest oil. What is your opinion on corn oil? Well, what they're thinking of is corn oil is remarkable that has very little saturated fat. Mm-hmm. So you and I have talked about this a lot of times. Saturated fat is bad fat. Yeah. Your body doesn't need any of it. And when you get it, it causes your cholesterol level to rise. That leads to heart disease, leads to Alzheimer's disease. You don't want that. However, um, corn oil is, is lower in saturated fat than all the animal fats and even lower than olive oil. That's a lot of lower, and that's really good. However, the problem is with all fats, um, a fair amount of calories. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we learn how to use a nonstick pan instead of hanging out with, with all these oils. I think there's still so much confusion, even though we've done so many shows about oils, there's still so much confusion. There's a lot of people that are like, no oil whatsoever, is that's the healthiest route. And if you introduce any little bit, it's just like, 
What are you doing? How does somebody, the typical person, balance what's healthy versus not being just driving themselves crazy okay. about it? Well, oils aren't poison. Um, so if you're having if you're having a little bit of oil here and there, who cares? The person who really should care is the person who's trying to lose weight. Every gram of any kind of oil, no matter how healthy it is, you know, this can be a bottle of extra virgin olive oil straight from Tuscany. It's still got nine calories per gram. So if you want to lose weight, get the oils out of your diet. Um, secondly, if you've got diabetes or insulin resistance, you really want to get them out of your diet because that will allow the fats to come out of your muscles and out of your liver and let your insulin work again. So oil is going to work against you. If you've got a hormonal issue, hot flashes, menstrual pain, diminish the oils. Because oils, for some reason, like any kind of fat, causes estrogen levels to go up, and that's a problem. So, but on the other hand, you're young, you're healthy, you don't have any health, health issues, you're not trying to lose weight, you're not insulin resistant. I don't think you need to blot the last bit of oil off of your noodle. So. <laughs> okay. I love this question from Claudia because this, this is kind of what the show is all about. Claudia is just getting started. And I think you can see exactly where she's coming from. How do we prevent heart problems, fatty liver disease, cancer, or kidney damage when most of the foods that we eat are so full of sugar, salt, and sodium? What diet is recommended for us? Yeah, well, sugar, salt, and sodium, those are issues, but those are not the main drivers of the problems that she's asking about. The main drivers we have is, take me, I grew up in North Dakota. A plate came at dinner time, and in the middle of the plate was a big hunk of meat. And if you had a hamburger, there was this big hamburger and you know, um, cheese on top. Those are the big drivers of the health issues. It's the fat in the foods that end up in the liver, causing the fatty liver she's asking about. That's what's the big driver of cardiovascular disease. So if we get rid of those things, even if you haven't yet reduced sugar and you haven't yet reduced sodium, when you get rid of the animal products, you are doing a huge favor for your body just with that. That said... You don't need a lot of extra sugar, and you can, you can minimize that. Don't, don't have a zero-sugar diet. An apple has natural sugar in it. An orange has natural sugar. A pear has... Th those are natural sugars that your body was designed to use for fuel. So those are good things. Let's grab a couple more before we wrap things up. We're going to keep it on the short side today. Stella, uh, struggling with diabetes right now, wants to know whether or not she could theoretically eat a little bit of whole grain rice in her diet. Absolutely eat a lot of whole grain rice. I would. Um, what I would do is get away from the animal products. And you've heard me talk about this before, and, and you'll see it in my Reversing Diabetes book. The problem in diabetes is to get the fat out of the muscle cells and the fat out of your liver cells. That's where the insulin is trying to work. And if those cells are filled with fat, they just, they just can't accept the, they can't pull the sugar out of the blood. So rice does not have any saturated fat in it. It has very little of any kind of fat. Bring it into your diet. Um, but, but not just rice. Have it as part of a balance with beans, other legumes, lots of vegetables, and healthy fruit. All right, and let's wrap things up with another question about vitamin D. We were talking about the various forms of vitamin K a little bit earlier, but AR is wondering about the various forms of vitamin D. Wants to know what's the difference between regular old vitamin D, I suppose, and then vitamin D3. Short answer, they all work. Okay. Okay, long answer. When the sun hits your skin, it's making vitamin D3. So that's the one in you and in every other animal. Um, D2 is, is, is a form called, is, that works fine. It's put in supplements 
Um, but you'll also you'll see supplements of D2 or D3. D3 is quote unquote the natural one, but they, they both work. There you go. Mm -hmm. The skinny on D3. There you go. All right, and uh, here you go. March 30th, the eBell, Los Angeles, California, for the very first time ever, the exam room live and in person. Uh, so excited that you're going to be there. Again, Dr. Christy Funk, she's going to be there. Dr. Columbus Batiste, Tony Okamoto, plant-based on a budget, Samantha Harris, Dancing with the Stars, and of course, our good friend Harley Quinn Smith as well. I mean, it's just going to be so great. I can't wait for dinner, especially. I mean, my goodness gracious. Thank you so much for making the trek all the way across the country to make this happen with us. I, I just, my hat is off to you. You know, I think it's going to be informative. It's going to be educational, but heck, it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, 12 million downloads. I think the people are ready to party, man. Uh, one last bit, and, and super important, is to let everybody know that today's episode of The Exam Room Live has been powered by the Gregory J. Ryder Memorial Fund. You know, Dr. Barnard, the Gregory J. Ryder Memorial Fund supports organizations like the Physicians Committee that carry on Greg's love for animals by promoting plant-based health and working to end animal abuse while emphasizing programs that promote systemic change and also benefit people. They've got a great website. You can visit it right now, GregoryRyderFund.org. That's Gregory Ryder, R-E-I-T-E-R-Fund.org. Allison Mahoney and the gang there, we just couldn't do the show without them. Absolutely. Greg had such a heart for animals. Allison has carried that forward in such a beautiful way. So thank you, Allison. And thanks to everybody who's supporting the Greg Ryder Fund, too. Of course, you can join us for The Exam Room Live every Wednesday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on YouTube and on Facebook. Just head over to the Physicians Committee's pages there. And again, tonight is the night, March 30th. If you are listening to this on the day that the podcast came out, March 30th, The Exam Room Live in Los Angeles at the ebell ticket still available pcrm.org slash events or click the link in the episode notes and one more thing about strong bones this resource sheet that we have put together at pcrm.org is great it is all about keeping your bones stronger than ever while eating a plant-based diet. I've dropped a link for you to that as well in the episode notes. Now, Dr. Barnard gave you a great list of five calcium powerhouses on a plant-based diet during the show today. But this resource sheet has a whole bunch more on there. Here's just a few more. Instant oatmeal, one serving, more than 100 milligrams of calcium. Navy beans, 126 milligrams. Northern beans, 159. And then mustard greens, 165 big old milligrams of calcium. That is a lot of calcium, my friends. And there are a few dozen other foods on there as well. So definitely check out the resource sheet. Plus, this thing also takes a deeper look at a lot of what we were talking about today. And some other stuff as well, like avoiding osteoporosis, both in women and men. Because, fellas, we can't forget about this. It's less common for us guys, but we're not immune from it either. 
The sheet also talks more about salt and alcohol and how they can weaken your bones as well, plus a whole lot more. So PCRM.org, if you log on to our website, just click Healthy Bones or click the link in the episode notes. And, you know, I'm not sure that this is what Dr. Barnard will be talking about at the Fairfax Veg Fest on April 23rd, but he will be there along with myself. April 23rd, Herndon, Virginia, just about 30 minutes outside of Washington, D.C., and a stone's throw from Dulles Airport. It'd be great to see you there. So we have the big event out in L.A. Now back toward Washington, D.C., the Fairfax Veg Fest on April 23rd. Be great to see you there. And I had the opportunity recently to catch up with the organizer of the event, Gwen Whitaker, who also runs the only salt oil and sugar-free organic restaurant in the United States. The only one that I know of. A great place called Green Fair. And she and I chatted for a few minutes about what's on tap at the VegFest. Gwen, thanks so much for making the time. Hey Chuck, I'm thrilled to be here and talking about the Fairfax VegFest. We're in our fifth year and I'm very excited to be hosting again. I don't see how you couldn't be excited when you look at this lineup of speakers. Again, you have gone out and gotten yourself a who's who of the healthy movement. You've got Dr. Neil Barnard is going to be there. T. Colin Campbell will be there celebrating his birthday. Oh, a month or so late. Um, And then, you know, you also have Dr. Baxter Montgomery coming in from Houston and yourself. I mean, it's how do you assemble such an all-star lineup of guests? I, I think it's just over over time working with each of these speakers and their their organizations and it's such a strong network of uh, people that uh, with the uh, opportunity to participate in this very professionally done event um, I think they're um, you know they're eager to be part of it and see the excitement we you know we had about four thousand people last year show up coming out of the uh, pandemic so it was uh, almost like doing it again for the first year, but it was a very successful event. And this year we're probably attendance wise about 25% ahead of where we were last year at this time. Um, so with the ex- very exciting rock star speakers that we have, um, Gene, Gene Bauer from Farm Sanctuary, Robert Cheek from, uh, as a vegan bodybuilder, we, we have uh, all day live music. We have about 80 exhibitors. Uh, we have friends of homeless animals bringing adoptable dogs. Uh, we have peaceful fields, farm sanctuary bringing adoptable farm animals. So, and the uh, one of the new sponsors this year is the Vegan Gym, coming from Kansas City, and they're flying about a dozen bodybuilders into the into the area for this event. I mean, jokes aside, it it is amazing to me that this group of individuals just think about this: walking through the airport a dozen bodybuilders, you have to imagine that the majority of people who see them are like, wow, those guys probably eat a lot of steak and they're entirely plant-based and they're wearing these sweatshirts that hopefully do say the vegan gym on it. And that's going to cause a lot of heads to turn when they realize, uh, no, no steak at all. It's so cool that you're able to bring real life examples out there, um, to show that this whole idea of you got to eat a ton of meat to build big muscles is a complete I love that you're bringing these guys in. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. I think it completely dispels the, the 
misconception that you have to eat meat for uh, for for health and absolutely to be in shape. So the you know Jim Loomis is going to be talking about uh, from the Game Changers. He's going to be talking not only about the health aspects, uh, but also the environmental uh, impact of diet choices. So uh, we've got a lot of eco-friendly uh, vendors out there that'll be um, participating. So some great products that we we had last year, a lot of really interesting local companies. Um, so we're, we're hosting it in the same place last year. It's a outdoor event in a very large parking lot that's uh, hosts the Herndon Fair there when, when we're not doing it. Um, and it's a we have a, a shuttle service that's bringing bringing people from from metro, so it's very easy to access. Uh, we do charge ten dollars for parking, but the event is free. Um, and we'll have uh, volunteers, so we're still accepting exhibitors. So if you're interested in exhibiting, you can go to fairfaxvegfest.org and uh, look to sign up, either participate as a vendor or as a um, uh, sponsor and um, potentially make a donation. Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned uh, our friend, Dr. Loomis there. I know he's kind of pulling double duty as well. Um, his uh, partner in vegan crime, Karen Dugan, the St. Louis veg girl, STL veg girl. She's also going to be there. They're doing a, a new uh, show together called doc and chef. And I think that they're going to be uh, giving that a whirl live and in person as well. So a lot of exciting things there. Again, this lineup is just phenomenal. Dr. Neil Barnard, Dr. Baxter Montgomery, T Colin Campbell, Robert Cheek, you will be speaking there. Gene Bauer from Farm Sanctuary is going to be there. The cooking demos through the roof. All of these phenomenal vendors. Uh, I will be serving as the MC. I can't wait. I just this is really when I said at the beginning of this one of my favorite events of the entire year. There is no smoke being blown. This is all fact. This is the crown jewel of Veg Fests, and it is such an honor to be able to help you out once again this year. And it's been really great being able to talk to you, Gwen. And uh, while I'm in the area, can I slide on by uh, Green Fair and get some of that uh, fried quinoa that I love so much? The Thai quinoa will be waiting for you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Thanks, Gwen, and we appreciate your time. Thanks, Chuck. Had a blast doing the Fairfax Veg Fest last year, and I'm sure it's going to be another smash here in 2023. Such a great event. And of course, as Gwen said, it is free. So come on out, raise your health IQ with us in person, have a fantastic time, eat some fantastic food, and just say hi. Such, I mean, I'm telling you, in terms of Veg Fests, this is one of the best. You're definitely going to want to be there, fairfaxvegfest.org, or click that link in the episode notes. But for today, that is going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to Dr. Neil Barnard for being here and raising our health IQs as we all strengthen our bones together. And for everyone at the Physicians Committee... I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, as always, keep it plant-based. Mm -hmm.